Amen. We pray that is our same heart mentality that we rather have Jesus than the riches or kingdoms of the world, because Jesus is eternal, and the things of the world are temporary. Okay, and Jesus loves us, and the world actually hates us. So, why do you not? Choose to be with the one who loves you, who is eternal, than to be with something that's temporary and fleeting and does no good to us. You see, sometimes humans you just can't explain why people do irrational things. You have to say attribute that to the foolishness caused by sin in the flesh. And thank God, Jesus Christ gave us a way out. So let us give God a moment of silence. Let's give his, him confession of our own sin, because we know that all have sinned and fallen short, and fallen short of the glory of God. But Christ, in Him, have uh, paid for our sins and given us eternal glory if we simply repent and trust in Him and not our good works. So come to God, give him a moment of silence and confession, then we will receive the remembrance in this communion. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you with humility and with gratefulness. We are humble because we know that by your standard, we are sinners. Not only we sinned as an action, but we are sinners in nature, and we could not have redeemed us. We have no asset to pay for our debt. But we are grateful because you sent your only begotten Son, the eternal Son, who is God the Son and became the Son of God and the Son of Man. He is Jesus Christ. He is today our Savior and our Lord. By your grace, sending the Holy Spirit in regenerating our spirit, now sanctifying our soul and promising to glorifying our body, we have been included into your family and now we have already received the full benefit of being forgiven. And you have given us a new spirit which does not sin. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. But our soul and our body are still tempted by the world and dragged by the flesh and uh, um, deceived by Satan sometimes. So when we have thoughts, words, and actions differentiating from your character and falling short of your standard, from Christ's standard, we have sinned again. As believers, as people who have been called saints by St. Paul. So for that, Father, we come to you to confess. We know that we have never arrived yet, but you have counted us as holy. That's simply because of your grace and your promise. We come to you with humility in confession, but we also come to you with repentance. We pray that you will 
not only forgive our sins, but strengthen us. In next time when we face temptation, we will be stronger and we will become victors in defeating temptation. And we will glorify your name. And we pray that this is not only your will, but it become your reality. We pray that through this communion, our soul will be reminded of the grace the full grace that we have received, and the additional grace upon grace we, which we shall receive in the sanctification and glorification. So fill us with gratefulness and with obedience and uh, transform us to be like Christ so that we might glorify His name, which is glorifying your name. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please distribute these elements. In our series of uh, devotional, uh, we call them communion devotional, we have been reviewing Christ in Isaiah. We're nearing its end now. Okay? Isaiah is a glorious book written in the span of 60 years. <laughs> and uh, it was well designed, has a great structure. If you discover, you're going to find a lot of treasure in there. And then uh, Isaiah is the second most quoted book in the New Testament because it prophesied a lot about Jesus Christ. And Isaiah has these structures of four images of the servant of Yahweh. 
okay, which corresponds with the four Gospels of Christ. And uh, uh, along with those four servants' song, it also has four supplements for the song, four songs of Messiah, and four odes of Zion. And today we are going to give you some samples from the fourth odes of Zion, ode to Zion. Um, Zion is another name for Jerusalem. It was the physical capital of the physical kingdom of God. That's Israel. We know that the in the physical kingdom of God, not everybody knew God, right? Not all Israelites are true Israelites, okay? And that's why that, that actually, in a sense, God has set up Israel to fail, to prove that the physical body is not sufficient and the knowledge is not sufficient. A spiritual regeneration is necessary for people to truly know God. And that's why the church is born by spiritual regeneration, born by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that, that's how we have a life in Christ Jesus. Okay? He paid for our sins, Holy Spirit regenerates our spirit. Then we start to have faith. Okay? Your faith comes after you have been regenerated, not before. Dead men don't have faith. So, uh, but once you have faith in Christ Jesus, you will be transformed to be like him in character. This is like the, the, the bride is being told about what the groom will be like, so she will conform to his character so that when they actually consummate the marriage, there will be no conflict but harmony. The bride of Christ today is on this world. It's the church. Every born-again Christian, no matter what denomination you are in, from Catholicism to Eastern Orthodox to Protestantism, mainline or evangelical, there are true believers in each denomination, some more, some less. Okay? But each born-again believer is only known by God, but they may have evidences to prove if they have been transformed, okay? they have been obedient. And then all of the true believers of God are being conformed to the image of Christ and will be fully transformed at the time of our resurrection. Okay. Before then, it's time to wait. And then while we are waiting, our qualitative identity have been transformed. We are now not only children of God, but sons of God, no matter of our gender, physical gender. We are heirs of the kingdom of God and the estate of God. That's promised, and God's word never come out in vain. Okay? It always gets fulfilled. So we fall short now, be realistic. But if you have Christ in your heart, if you have a regenerate spirit, you are already there in spirit, and you will be there in body. Okay, so now, how do you call God? This is what Isaiah 64, 8 says. But now, O Lord, you are my Father. You are the, we are the clay, and uh, you are the potter. And all of us are the works of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now, 
All of us are your people. Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised you has been burned by fire, and all our precious things have become ruined. Will you restrain yourself at these things, O Lord? Will you keep silent and afflict us beyond measure? This is believing Jews praying that God will fulfill his promise to them in restoring Jerusalem to its former glory. God actually has promised to do that, and he will do, but only after the repentance of the Jews coming back to God by accepting Jesus Christ. Okay? Before then, we should pray for peace in Jerusalem, but there will not be peace in Jerusalem. It will come after the, uh, the second coming of Christ. So, as members of the church, the bride of Christ, we are not replacement for the physical Israel. Actually, you don't want to be because we are the spiritual kingdom. The physical Israel is the physical kingdom. We are actually in graduate school. You don't want to return to kindergarten. Okay. But on the other hand, you must recognize that there is an inheritance. The church is an extension of the spiritual Israel. The earliest church are Jews who believe in Christ, right? They are physical Jews, but they become spiritual Israel by believing in Christ. And because spiritual Israel is defined by the spirit, not bloodline, therefore extended into the nations, that's how we get brought in. I believe everyone here is not a Jew, but a Gentile, right? So if you're, you have blood, Jewish bloodline, well, let me know, okay? So I will include you next time. But Basically, it's grace upon grace. The fact that God will forgive some Jews by giving them eternal life is already grace. The fact that God extended the, the uh, believing Jews, that's spiritual Israel, to the nations is grace upon grace, right? We have received so much. We had nothing to do with the kingdom of God as Gentiles, okay? But now, we not only have something to do, we have received all that God can give. So think about it. It's grace upon grace. Therefore, if you are truly born again, true Christians, what should be the reaction in your heart is not pride. We have it, you don't have it. Uh -huh. It's not that. Okay? It's humility, knowing who we are. We were sinners, but now we are saints. We have been transformed spiritually and then in the soul now and in the body later. So just be grateful for what you have received. And because you are grateful to God, be obedient to whatever you know. And then keep on knowing Him more. That will be a relationship that will never end in boredom. And uh, your obedience only brings blessing. So in that line of thought... Think about this bread representing the body of Christ broken for us on the cross. We take this remembering the sinless man dying for the sinful. That's grace. Take it in remembrance. The body of Christ given to us, take this in remembrance. Okay. And this juice 
represents the blood of Christ shed for us to cover us from God's wrath. It also represents God's promise of his second coming, his rapture of the church, and his promise of the full union with him. And we are waiting for that day, so let's get ready. The blood of Christ shed for us, we take this drink in remembrance of him. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming down from heaven to show who God is, to show what love is. Thank you for dying for our sins, and thank you more for defeating sin and death by resurrecting from the dead. By your faith in the Father's promise and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you defeated sin and death and you gave us hope so that we might follow your step. And then thank you for your promise of giving us what you have, sharing with us your righteousness now and then your position and power later. We pray that we are truly receivers of your grace by receiving you not only as our Savior, paying for our sins, but also our Lord, the one who has an authority of owning our soul, our thought, our body, our words, and our action. And we are responsible for honoring your name to this world and even to the invisible world. We pray that we will try to look up to your standard and we try to meet your standard. Anywhere we fall short, we know you have already covered our sins, but please make us not abuse your grace, but be moved by your grace. Be grateful and be obedient, and because of that, be rewarded. We pray in your name to our Father. Amen.